I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, a doctor accused of murder. Health reporter Erin Alday is our guest today. She's following the case of a Santa Rosa doctor charged with second-degree murder in the deaths of five patients. The allegation? That he overprescribed opioid painkillers. We'll talk about that doctor's troubled history and the message the case sends to other physicians. Aaron Alday, right after this. Aaron Alday, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me back. Aaron, last week, some big news came out that we were all surprised to see a murder case against a doctor. Correct. For overprescribing opioids, a very unusual case. What happened? So, yeah, it is highly unusual. Um, This is, I believe, the first time that the state attorney general has filed charges, murder charges, against a doctor for overprescribing pain pills. Um, And it was filed earlier this month, but um, he was arrested. This doctor, uh, Thomas Keller, was arrested in Santa Rosa. Um, But, yeah, they um, have five deaths that they attributed to him, overdose deaths. Um, Four of those, they have uh, leveled second-degree murder charges against him um, and one elder abuse charge. Um, And he's actually been um, kind of monitored and followed for a couple of years at least um, by state agencies, both the medical board and the attorney general's office. Wow. And did you talk to Keller or his attorney? What do they have to say? So I haven't talked to Keller. Um, His attorney has said that they're going to fight these charges um, and basically said that, you know, he's responsible, that he's a pain management specialist, that he works with people and that these cases were, uh, you know, examples of of people who, you know, were responsible for their own deaths. He uh, the attorney said that three of those deaths were suicides um, and one of them was an accidental overdose involving, I believe, um, that the patient was on methadone and hadn't told Dr. Keller that he was on methadone. So the attorney said three out of the five were actually purposeful suicides. Yes. Okay. All right. So, Aaron, you've written a lot about the opioid crisis and about prescriptions and reforms that are trying to be made for doctors. Where does this story fit in with that? So I think what we're looking at is You know, in the broader context of this opioid epidemic, opioid overdose epidemic, epidemic, um, a lot of these these cases of people um, becoming dependent on these drugs started with prescriptions. They started with in the doctor's office where they were overprescribed these medications. Yeah, you even you hear stories about, you know, it started with my wisdom teeth surgery. And I don't know if that's just sort of a cliche, but you do hear. Those, I think, are a little bit extreme, the sort of one-time acute pain cases. But more more often, it's people who have, say, chronic back pain okay. or who were in a car accident a while ago, and they have some sort of chronic pain. And some point in the 90s or, or early 2000s, they were prescribed these pain pills. And the doctors were told um, by the pharmaceutical companies, by any number of sources, that these drugs were safe um, and that they were effective. And so they essentially got a generation of patients hooked on these very dangerous drugs that we now know that they're highly addictive, that they it's very easy to overdose on them. Um, but we didn't nobody knew that for a long time. Um, I talked with a doctor last week who said to me, you know, the doctors are as much a victim in this situation as their patients because these doctors were lied to and were given false information um, just as their patients were. And so now what you have is these doctors 
you know, a lot of them will feel really bad. I mean, they feel guilty, but they also feel scared. They don't want to harm patients um, and they don't want to hurt anybody. And, you know, they're very wary of prescribing these drugs. And then you have these cases now where potentially murder charges, you know, could be levied. A lot of doctors, you know, nobody's defending this guy necessarily. Uh, Dr. Keller and, you know, people I talk to don't necessarily know his case well, but they say, these kinds of cases can be very intimidating and they can really, you know, not to use a cliche, but they they can have a chilling effect on uh, doctors working with patients who are dealing with real pain and need need compassionate care. Yeah. I mean, you've written in the past, I know, just sort of stressing that for some patients, these kind of painkillers can be really important mm-hmm. and sometimes with advanced cancer, sometimes even with end of life care. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, they can be important. I think the consensus seems to be that people who are on these for years at a time probably shouldn't be, um, or at least they shouldn't be at the dosage that they're on. They have kind of accumulated this really high tolerance for it. So there is certainly a place for this these opioids, and absolutely there is there is a need for them. And there's even need with people who have very severe severe pain or chronic pain. But a lot of the people who are on these high doses now should be tapered off. Um, and they're actually not getting effective pain treatment from the drugs that they're on. Um, and But the problem is, one of the many problems, is that getting people off of these drugs is hard. Um, it's hard to do it in a way that's safe so that patients don't suffer withdrawal. It's hard to do it in a way that also meets their pain management needs. Um, as you might imagine, a lot of patients are really fearful of being taken off these drugs um, and having to deal with the pain that they've had for years and years. So it's just it's a very complicated situation. And um, some patients have turned to street drugs. Some patients sure. have sought other ways to order pills on the black market in some cases. Oh, absolutely. Steal. I mean, people steal. They there's a lot of doctor shopping that goes along. Um, the state has implemented a system to actually monitor that, to keep tabs on people who are, you know, hopping from one doctor to another to try to get, you know, their prescriptions filled. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of people that kind of bend the rules to try to get these drugs because they're, you know, addicted to them. Now, obviously, there's a distinction to be made. We have seen criminal cases involving doctors who actually either steal prescriptions, uh, they falsify them. Perhaps they're using them for themselves. They're selling them. There's This is a distinct case where this doctor is being accused of actually overprescribing to patients uh, with prescriptions that are fully public and Correct. Yes. So he these were all, you know, out in the open. This is not anything he's doing, you know, underground or or, you know, selling on the street or anything like that. Um, You know, it's hard to say what was going on there exactly. But, you know, between the attorney general's, um, you know, allegations against him and then the state medical board looking into him, um, the state medical board has a document where they outline a number of similar cases of him over prescribing, allegedly over prescribing. Um, and in that case, there's a lot of details about people who there was one man who came to him and over a period of four or five years, um, this doctor kept upping his his prescription meds to the point where he was being prescribed 360 pills a month um, in various, you know, narcotics. So, you know, and I think it was, you know, and all- this is one of the five people. This was not necessarily one of the five people. It's okay. a little unclear because they don't name those. Um but it's a patient of his that he had for a, a few years, um, and he just kept upping and upping his dosage until this man was on a crazy amount of drugs. And he actually left Dr. Keller and went to get treated at the Veterans Administration. 
where they immediately recognized he was on way too many drugs and they then tapered him off. Um, I don't know what his ultimate outcome was, but but that was. You but know, certainly was in some important. cases you found that places the patients went after Dr. Keller had needed to taper them off the drugs. Yes, they they very like immediately recognized from these patients' records that they were not on appropriate dosages. But there is an example of a woman who in her mid-30s who got pregnant and whose obstetrician told her she could continue pain meds but on a low dosage, and this Dr. Keller kept her at a very high dosage all through her pregnancy um, and never seemed to do anything to to manage, you know, her her opioid dosages while she was pregnant. Now, second-degree murder is generally seen as an act that has conscious disregard for human life. Um, what is the theory of this case? Is that that, is that, that the doctor should have known uh, that these things were potentially deadly? Is, it... Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that the folks I talked to brought up, and again, these are people who aren't familiar with the specific case, but they did note that you know, these allegations date back to about 2011 with this doctor and certainly by then. But but, you know, definitely by, say, 2012, 2013, people knew that these drugs were bad and that you needed to be very careful about your your prescribing. Um, so the fact that he was, you know, these were his prescribing habits even after and this was going through 2018, frankly, um, is is pretty remarkable. So last thing, I mean, you talked about kind of the two sides of this, where obviously these cases, when an attorney general files charges, they want to send a message. It's about setting an agenda. It's about setting law enforcement priorities. What are the two sides of this? You, you had a lot of people commenting on what the message is to other doctors. Yeah, I think the other side of this is there's there's obviously are a lot of people who say this doctor needs to be to face consequences. Um, but, you know, the, a lot of the doctors, the pain specialists I spoke to, they don't disagree with that. But there is already so much fear. Um, and if you there is a fear that if if you, the last thing you want to do is have a bunch of pain doctors, pain specialists or primary care physicians just being straight up, I put throw their hands up and say, I'm not going to deal with this. Um, if this could lead to criminal charges for me down the road, I'm just going to steer clear of it altogether. I'm just not going to prescribe these at all. I'm just not going to work with patients who have chronic pain. It's just kind of wipe my hands of this, which is sort of the that can be the effect. I mean, that certainly happens. There are there are plenty of doctors who will just turn down patients, especially patients who have a history of being prescribed these drugs, and they just don't even want to deal with it. And that's part of that comes from, you know, these these, you know, disciplinary actions that come down. But on the other hand, the message is clearly sent that you must prescribe opioids only to people who really need them. Correct. Okay, well, we will follow this case through as it goes to court. Aaron Alday, thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Thanks to health reporter Aaron Alday for joining us, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.